Hi, this is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. You're listening to another podcast episode. If you like the podcast and the episode, please write a review, share with a friend, or leave a comment. You can also visit my website at www.nikkiasherbowling.com or you can visit my YouTube channel. Thank you and enjoy a new episode from Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. Hello, everybody. This is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered. It's going to be okay. And today I have Troy Holt on the line with me. And he is the CEO of Troy Holt Consulting LLC. He is a co-author of the Amazon bestsellers book. He has his own podcast. And he is a financial educator licensed in 13 different states. So, but before I bring him on, please remember, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, I would appreciate if you would go to Spotify or Apple iTunes and leave us a review there. So that just lets me know how well I'm doing. And trust me, when I get a review, it about, I get so excited about it. So um, I hope that you will um, do that for me. Also... As you can tell, my voice is a little hoarse. We've been under the weather over the holidays, but I'm okay. So without further ado, let's bring on Troy Holt. Hi, Troy. Hey, Nikki. One hello and hello, everyone is listening. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year to you. I'm so glad we finally got to talk. I've been anxiously wanting to talk to you because you talk about financial things and I am the worst financial person in the world and but I am trying to do better and so I feel like if I'm trying to do better then there's other moms out there that are wanting to do better also so tell us a little about about yourself and how you got started in becoming a financial educator yeah, so a little bit about me that for those that don't know, I think last time we talked, or my, my bio may have said 13 states, it's now 20 states. Uh, since it's been okay. Added a few more states. None, none of you, Nikki, you just, I've, I've been adding last few months, so some states. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I tell people, you know, on Clubhouse, you know, this is my, this is my elevator, call it elevator, elevator pit. My name is Troy. Yeah. I own a company called Four Hope Consulting. I'm the CEO. The CEO stands for Chief Encouragement Officer. My title yeah. is my personality. Literally, my title is my personality. I'm one that loves to encourage, encourage and support others. And so, uh, so I, I kind of, you know, uh, play on words, but it's Chief Encouragement Officer mm-hmm. says what the CEO stands for. But I've been in mm-hmm. the financial services industry for about uh, 22 years. I'm a certified financial educator. I'm on a mission to eliminate your literacy. It's a big problem, especially in the African-American community. And so mm-hmm. I really want to be able to, if I can just help one person, you know, right. the masses is fine, but if I can help one person to be able to not only help 
down to in education, but also implementation. So once you get the education, you've got to do something with it. And so, right. so I'm big on, you know, uh, education and implementation. And so that's a little bit about me. You got more, uh, please feel free to ask me, you know, I'm kind of what they said, an open book, anything that, uh, uh you want to ask, I'm feel free to answer, uh, don't mind answering. Right. So I did got us some questions for me to ask you. So what would you say is the biggest financial crisis that we have in our, in our country? In our country, and now I can add this into globally, it's, it's financial literacy. Well, they've done a test where only 30% of the people that took the test was financial literate. It was some simple things. And, you know, it's just a lot of simple things. Remember, we're not taught in school. Our parents haven't taught us. We don't get it from friends. Or in, yeah. in school, 20, Florida made 22 states, but it hadn't implemented. Uh, and I think it's another state that offers some type of financial education in school, schools, but it's mostly mm-hmm. like how to balance a checkbook or things like that. Right. And real basic, right. but no true uh, financial education. So I think financial education is the biggest issue going on right now. Yeah, I I completely can't attest to that because when my boys were in school, they didn't have any kind of class to teach them how to save money, how to balance a checkbook or anything like that. It was really disappointing. And I had to, you know, teach them what I knew about it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then today with everything being so, you know, we always had cash, you know, growing up, we had cash. That's mm-hmm. how you knew you had money or you went to the bank and got it out. Well, now you can just buy and sell without even having cash in your hand. Right. And, and I think that's, you know, a disadvantage to us because we don't see it. We just assume it's there. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you have no money in your account. Yeah. So been there, done that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So. What is this? What is this rule of seventy-two? I saw that. I was like, "What in the heck is that?" I mean, <laughs> yeah. So the rule of seventy-two is a very simple rule, and and this rule can work positively or negatively. So the rule of seventy-two goes like this: I'll take the number of uh, interest rate. So whatever you get in, so you have a checking uh, a savings account, and you get one mm-hmm. interest divided by seventy-two. The answer that you get will tell you how long it takes for your money to double. So if you take percent divided by 72, it takes 12 years for your money to double. Go back to the 1%, then it takes 72 years for your money to double. So most of the time, people are not aware of this. Oh, Lord. They're not, they're not aware of this rule of 72. Now, that works on the opposite side. If you have... <laughs> If you have an interest rate of a credit card of 12% divided by 72, the credit card company is going to take them six years to get their, uh, for their money to double. So, oh, so, so the, so the rule of 72 is a rule dealing with compound interest. Yeah. Amber Einstein says the eighth one of the world, but it works for us on the positive side and it works against us on the negative side. Oh my Lord, nobody would even thought of that. Right. They don't even think about interest rates when they're like, oh, this company gave me, you know, thousand dollars right. to play around with. Right. And 
you know, but they're, they're actually thinking, well, it's going to, you're going to be paying us more than that back. Right. Depending on the interest rate. Well, I never even knew about that rule of 72. I thought, you know, is that the 72nd rule of financial wall or something like that? No, you it's, just, it's something that Einstein came up with, you know, dealing with compound interest and uh-huh. go back and, like I said, it's an estimate. So you, the interest rate you're getting divided by 72, mm-hmm. and you kind of, you can kind of estimate how long, how many years it's going to take your money to double. So whatever number you plug in there, divided by 72, whatever interest rate you're getting, divided by mm-hmm. 72, is going to tell you the answers, approximate estimate of how long it's going to take, how many years it's going to take for your money to double. Okay. Well, that's a good tip to know. Yes. So with that, how does that go come into play with, so if you are, you know, you're worried about your interest rates and how much you're going to be paying out. Mm-hmm. You had another question on there that says, the percentage yeah. of Americans that do not have enough to cover a $400 emergency. I mean, is that a high yeah. number or a low number? Or You know, it's a high number. I think the number, uh, if I recall correctly, is about 68% of Americans don't have enough to cover a $400 emergency. So, you know, basically, if the refrigerator go out uh, or mm-hmm. they need four new tires, uh, you know, most Americans don't have a $400 in, those, in a savings account to go or handle that. And now there's small solutions to that. You might be asking for well, what is some solution. And one of the mm-hmm, solutions yeah. is, is to pay yourself first. Most people, they get their paycheck and then they go pay bills uh, and they go, mm-hmm. uh, they may go splurge and pay bills. It's truly mm-hmm. paying yourself first. Now I'm a man of faith. So I'm going to take care of God's and then take care of mine and then yeah, and then pay everything else first. Now, some people don't believe in God, but they, they, they should pay them themselves first. And so, right, and right. so the key to this, Nikki, is not the amount. Now, mm-hmm. we want you to get 400 and more, but the key to this is to start. And if you start saying, yeah. I'm going to pay myself $10 for paycheck, you, mm-hmm. you have implemented 10%. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the amount or the percentage. You got to start somewhere. You can't pay yourself a dollar. You definitely can't pay yourself in. So right. start. So what it does, it disciplines you. It gets you in a mm-hmm. mind and it gets get you in a habit. Always, every time you, you get, even if you get a gift from someone or somebody give you something, remember, pay mm-hmm. it 10%. And you set that aside. You can do it mm-hmm. automatically. Maybe, you know, if you are good, you can set up an account uh, with your bank mm-hmm. and your deposit. So well, I'm gonna put uh, $25 every paycheck over in this account. Yeah, I remember uh, the years my wife was doing it for years. I remember uh, there was time that I would have to take the money that I set aside and use it to cover the bills. <laughs> that was my next comment. <laughs> well, I mean, but I, but now that I, I religiously do it, you should say I didn't. Yeah. doing it now. So now I don't have to use that. Uh, mm-hmm. I had to use it because I had to cover it, but I got in the mindset that I'm going to pay myself first. And I set that as a rule and a principle. If you do that eventually, you'll get a uh-huh. use. So, and then you can raise, okay, well, pay myself, okay, well, let's put the whole raise and they're all parts of the raise. <laughs> yeah. You go on and on and on and on. 
I mean, I do that. I put a little bit of money every week mm-hmm. into my savings. But there are times, like you said, I get into it because I feel like I need it to cover something else. And mm-hmm. then I feel guilty about that because I'm like, well, what's the point of even putting it in there if I just get it back out right. every week, you know? Well, what you want to look at is, number one, is paying yourself, but also setting up an emergency emergency mm-hmm. fund. The rule of is three to six months of your income, but it could mm-hmm. be an amount that you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. So you want to mm-hmm. put it to that amount. And so once you get to that number or whatever it is, uh, you feel comfortable, at being, mm-hmm. and you have to use if what it's for, emergency. Now, it's not, it's <laughs> Emergency is not if you see a purse or some shoes on sale. That's not an emergency. I don't know what you are. Sometimes that is. That's the book. That's just like, you know, like a mental health thing that I need to take care of at the moment. Right. <laughs> Understood. I really want to know. Emotionally, it's good to, you know, you worked and you go buy yourself something. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, when a person is going on a diet or fasting. So it's not wise to go and just splurge, but, you know, a little bit here and there, it's okay. Uh, but yeah. he is, you know, to paying yourself and setting up an emergency fund. Remember about, I think it's a number six, eight percent. Oh, have, uh, have $400 covered in emergency. And so we want to get people where they out of that percentage where, you know, maybe they got a thousand, you know, uh, mm-hmm. one thing people can do, a lot of people get an income tax, especially if they're single, they could take mm-hmm. off pay themselves and put something aside, put something aside. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody want to have a rainy day. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I do like that concept of paying yourself. And I mean, if anybody's like me, they either one feel guilty about paying themselves when they got this mortgage that they need to, they should mm-hmm. put all the extra towards. But I mean, also, it's nice to have a little cushion, you know, when there yeah. is a little extra in the bank, then yeah. you're not like worrying about, did I miss something coming out of my account mm-hmm. and it's going to leave me short before my next paycheck comes, right? right. So, well, yeah. My recommendation, Nikki, even with that is not either or, but both. Mm-hmm. So pay more on the mortgage, but also pay yourself. Because here's the reason why. If mm-hmm. you get the house completely paid for and you have mm-hmm. a water heater to go out, you cash poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Borrow again to pay for the <laughs> yeah. water heater. So so if so my my philosophy is to do both, you know, maybe pay a little bit less on the external mortgage, put something aside mm-hmm. in case you need it and you, you you need it. And so but right. everybody has to you know, kind of do what they feel comfortable for. A lot of it is philosophy, mm-hmm. how we were brought. Uh, I just, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of even people coming up with a, a large chunk of money and just picking a house off because you're going to be cash poor. Mm-hmm. And you might not live in a house for 10 years and then you want to move. And especially if you get, like me, I'm 55. So yeah. if, if I ever bought a house, uh, another house, now, this one doesn't have it. I d- definitely wouldn't be ever upstairs. I can feel it now when I go upstairs, my knee. So if I bought a mm-hmm. house with two stories, I'm going to move probably within 10 years because I'm not going to be able to make go up and down those stairs. You know? <laughs> so things like yeah. that you have to consider, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Those are, you know, good ideas. So whenever you mentioned that, you know, African-Americans are, you know, they are poor, they have poor financial habits and things like that. Do you think it's just, is this cultural thing or, and do you think that how they were raised or how you're raised definitely plays into as an adult? You know, I mean, we grew up poor too. And I mean, I feel like from the way we were raised is how it has impacted <laughs> how I manage my money. Yeah. So for American-Americans, African-Americans. Yeah. Like a nation and it's, it's four areas. Yeah. So first of all, in America, the median net worth for a white family is 189000 For a mm-hmm. black family, it's 24000 And if it's a single black female household, it's 7000 Now, here's the mm-hmm. combination. Number one, the government. You got to go back and look at history. There was a time yeah. when the government had something called redlining. Uh, so redlining was a blighted areas, areas that banks wouldn't loan or give loan to because it was mostly minorities in those areas. Mm-hmm. So, so that was a, a government set up issue, but also it was corporations was part of it because they wouldn't loan money in certain areas. So remember, right. uh, a lot of generation or wealth came from real estate. So you had people when, when able to purchase homes and, and get these mortgages. Mm-hmm. And so you had, had those issues. Also with that, those places w- were not able to get monies from government and everything, taxes, because mm-hmm. It was lower, uh, property values was lower. So the schools were, didn't, the money, so, so it's a combination of things. Then it was, right, it, right. Then it was society. A uh, society, you know, didn't want Americans to live in certain areas. They didn't want to mix or commingle. They had areas. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, the society area is us. We have to take some responsibility of not teaching our, our kids um, money principles, not learning uh, sometimes. And, and this could be, any race or individual, but right. sometimes we purchase liabilities instead of assets. So it's a combination of those th- things in the government mm-hmm. and society and corporations are not the sole issue. It's some of the problems. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, it's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Hi, I'm Nikki, the host of Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. I had to tell you, I have put together a list of my top 10 most played episodes. 
So go to my website, www.nikkiasherbowling.com forward slash my mixed tape, tape list. Yeah, it's called my mixed tape list. And I know I've dated myself. However, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it on iTunes or Spotify. Right. Yeah, I, I can see that. I just feel like that we, you know, like you said, we need to be make more aware of these things that are going on. Because even though, you know, we may have been raised, you know, at a disadvantage, that doesn't mean that we have to continue to be living at a disadvantage. You know, and and I feel, you know, today is a great opportunity for us to improve ourselves and better ourselves, whether we're a single parent or you know a two-parent household or whatever the situation is the one thing that i feel like that came out of this pandemic is people are thinking outside the box yeah and they are they're not just doing their nine to five they're realizing that they can go out there and have their side hustle and make some extra money to improve their lives what would be the first thing that someone would need to do? They're like, okay, Troy, you know, I totally suck at my finances. How do I get a grip on this? You know, I, I'm in debt and I live paycheck to paycheck. What would the first thing I would need to do to get myself on the right track? Yeah, great question. So we have something that we, we teach and we educate on. It's called the seven money milestone. And it's, it's basically mm-hmm. a, a roadmap or blueprint mm-hmm. and the first milestone is get an education. So the first thing is read books, mm-hmm. YouTube, be careful though, you know, from YouTube stuff, that's amazing, but Google and also send, sit down with the well, financial professional that you uh-huh. have. Uh, so that's right. the financial education. Number two is proper protection. So what that means is Make sure, sure your family is protected in event of your death or disability. Uh, your family gets a function. So you get, so you want to look at uh, of that one and make sure that's number three is right. emergency, emergency fund. We talked earlier, uh, mm-hmm. I think six to eight percent of the people only have a $400 emergency. So you want to start work, <clears throat> working on the emergency fund. Some of these are simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Some of them, mm-hmm. you know, you might have to take step one and may take six months and step two. Uh, but you want to work on it because it's not just an event. It's a process. Uh, right, right. Number four is uh, debt management. Making sure you're managing debt. You know, you need to pay off some debt. Is it going to be mm-hmm. the snowfall, a, a snow, snowball method or the avalanche method? Getting out of debt and staying out of debt. Uh, number five mm-hmm. uh, is uh, cash flow. Figuring out ways to generate more money to come into the household, which could be maybe reducing uh W-2 to get more money in the house and get a big tax return. Mm-hmm. It may be starting a side hustle, whatever mm-hmm. it may be to be able to increase the cash flow. Then number six is where you want to start building wealth. You want to start uh, investing in certain areas uh, to be able to build wealth and grow. And then number seven is everything that you want to protect. Do you have wheel? Do mm-hmm. you have trust in? Everybody doesn't need a trust, uh, but some people may mm-hmm. wheels uh, in place and and, uh, and also making sure you have the proper beneficiaries on, you have a bank account or retirement account, make sure you got beneficiaries on there. 
And then make sure you got beneficiary on there and make sure the beneficiaries are not minor children. Because if you put minor children on there, it's wide. Because minor children, they can't accept assets like that. So there's ways to do that to get around that. So those are the things that I would tell somebody, hey, let's start on this path of this journey, this roadmap for this blueprint, and get you to from one to six. Well, that sounds like you put a lot of thought into those seven rules. <laughs> I didn't create them, but I do, <laughs> I do believe in them and, and I do implement them. <laughs> so what is one of the most underutilized financial vehicles that legally avoid taxes? I think I might know this one. Well, okay. So there's three instruments that you can use and be tax-free. Uh-huh. Uh, one is a federal uh, municipal bonds. Number two, a Roth IRA. And okay. number three, cash value life insurance. Those okay. Are things, those are the things that allow you to grow wealth and uh, distribution to be tax-free. I like the life mm-hmm. insurance uh, one better because you kill five, six birds with one, one stone. If you do a Roth IRA, <laughs> you're limited to about 6000 per year. If you go with a life yeah. insurance policy, depending on the death benefit, you can go much more. Okay. So uh, cash life insurance, that would, that's cash where value. you, cash value. Okay. Mm-hmm. Permanent life mm-hmm. insurance. So you have term and you have whole permanent, which would be whole life and index universal life. So like the whole life mm-hmm. and the index universal life. Those types, mm-hmm. uh, you could grow wealth and cash in it. Like, for example, I did an illustration of uh, someone, a one-year-old male, and for mm-hmm. paying for $75 a month. One-year one year old male for $75 mm-hmm. a month to that child, to 65. That child have about $443,000 tax. Wow. And the government won't come and get it? Or will they try? <laughs> no, won't. Well, now, there's a certain way you had to take a distribution. It's not taxable, but it's your money, you know, mm-hmm. and we will show you how to get it where it's taxable. And a lot of okay. people are doing it. This is one of the strategies wealthy people have been using for years and most people are not aware about. And now, part of me is educating people like that. Like I said, $75. If your person was <laughs> one year old, I ran the numbers, $45. Now, if they put $150, it would be even more. I just did $75. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if I could start putting out life insurance on my husband, he's going to get very suspicious of me. So. <laughs> you will be asking, oh, what's going on here? Are you, are you trying to take me out? Are you... Don't, every time you fix something, something to eat or something to drink, he probably been looking at <laughs> you like, what is this, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he'll be teasing me about it, but, you know. <laughs> so, the you said, what was a Roth IRA? You said yeah. you can, that's limited to a certain amount every uh, every year? Yeah, about, I think 6000 this year or each year, you can put some maximum in a Roth IRA. <laughs> It is a couple that's 12000 Oh, okay. Okay. So, and then that just sits in in an account and yeah. it just earns interest. Is that, does that earn interest or how does that work? Yeah, you'll be investing in some 
probably more like, uh, you know, some type of music funds or stocks, depends on the type. Downside of that is you can have more losses in a Roth IRA. You won't have market losses. That's why I like life insurance. Some people don't. You might don't like the life insurance. Some people are against it. But what I tell people, I tell people like this, Nikki, there's so many financial instruments and it's like building a house. And if I was building a house, I could use a hammer, I could use a saddle, and I can use a trail. Each two has its own function. It's not one is better than the other. But whatever I'm trying to accomplish has its own particular function. And that's the same thing. Right. Because you're not only, you know, building, you know, wealth that you can use, but in case, you know, you do pass away, mm-hmm. you yeah. have that money that right. they can take care of all that, you know, right. your expenses and stuff like that. So I saw on your website that there is a book. Is that the one that you helped co-author on Amazon? I did not kill co-author that book. It's a book was written by Tom, get his name, Steve Siebel and uh, Tom Matthews. It's a book called uh, How Money Works. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a book that uh, what basically what we do is educational, entertaining, entertaining book. It's not a book for Harvard. It's a real simple book. Middle schoolers can read it and understand the part of the yeah. educational journey. Someone reach out to me and say, hey, Troy. Uh, I'm interested in the book. Uh, I will, I get their mailing address. I will mail the book to them free. The only uh, mm-hmm. thing that I do require to, to mail the book is they sit down with me with a, uh, with a consultation and let me show them how to implement uh, some of the things mm-hmm. in the book. But there's no obligation to do it. But I want to show them mm-hmm. how, to, how it works in the, in the book. And so that's one of the key things. The book has been on, I think, about over 200 videos now, clips mm-hmm. on news. Talking about the 2020 and 2021, it was a top real simple book. I mean, nothing uh, complicated, just being yeah. educational and entertaining. Yeah, I I saw that and I it really interests me because sometimes I feel like we tend to overcomplicate things or overthink something and mm-hmm. we really just need to quote unquote dumb it down, you know, yeah. and Sometimes that's just the best way to learn how to do something is yeah. just, you know, simplify it. So you mentioned an avalanche or snowball. What yeah. in the world is that? So snowball, so the snowball method is paying off debt is the snowball method is you take the, let me make sure I, until, I could reverse it. Well, but snowball is you take the lowest balance credit card on the snowball and you pay that, mm-hmm. and then you take it and knock out the next credit card. Once you're not mm-hmm. paying it, you apply it to the, and you continue, you snowball. And the avalanche is you tackle the highest, I think you tackle the highest interest card that has the highest interest rate. You tackle that. Okay. And so much. Gotcha. You got two methods and eliminate that snowball or avalanche mm-hmm. uh, method. And it depends on, you know, your philosophy, which one are better. Dave Ramsey mentions the snowball meant a lot. That's his style, the snowball, but you can also have to add a life. Okay. So, and that would just mean because you would take that money that you've been paying on the one debt mm-hmm. and apply it with extra or what you were paying. Correct. Because I'm assuming you're, you're still paying on everything. 
Correct. And you Correct. would just start consolidating the payments so that yeah. you start paying things off faster. Yeah. So you're paying $100 a month on a car, the smallest mm-hmm. one, and then you paid it all. Uh, and then that next month, you would take that $100, the second car. So let's say the second car, the normal payment was mm-hmm. a, a, a $150. So second car, you would be paying $250. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and once you pay that, say you pay that out in six months, you take that two fifty that you pay and, and then pay that third card, that third card, and then so on, so on. Mm, okay, I got that. Well, see, that's why I needed to have this conversation, Troy, because I would never have thought to have done that. I would have been like, "Oh, I paid that off. I've got an extra hundred bucks," you know. Right. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so now I know I can just add that to you. Mm. You know the next highest payment that I have yeah. and get that sucker paid off, you know, but I feel like a lot of people, what? if they're like me, would be more, get more satisfaction out of just paying it all off at once, you know, and I think, but I wouldn't have money to pay off the whole bill at once until like 30 days. And then it is, then before I know that I either forgot or I've gotten a late payment I got interest fees, and then I'm even more of a bigger hole than what I started out with instead of just slowly, you know, paying it each rep. Now, if you if you want that you put some on the card and you pay it off, this doesn't apply because you don't have no debt. But this people who got a few thousand dollars in credit card debt, and they, you know, if you go look at mm-hmm. it, and it, t- it tells you how long it's going to, uh, you know, most of the bottom say you may take you. 15 years to pay off this $3,000 debt if you pay the minimum. So most people mm, pay yeah. the minimum and then, you know, they, they get on the interest. The same thing with a house, you know, you go mm-hmm. back and look at your, look at your mortgage and look at your, uh, or the last page that can't think of the name of it, but, but it gives you a breakdown of the, uh, the payment history yeah. and see how much you pay in interest. And you'd be like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that rule of 72 would apply to that also, right? I mean. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They credit card, they put oh. 20% interest and they divide it by 72, whatever, uh, 20 divided by 72, that's how long it's going to take their credit card. <laughs> I love it when we get mail and, you know, we get mail at you and say, oh, you're pre-approved and you open it up so, and yeah. it's like. 19 something percent you're like i'll just be four (laughs) i you know and i and that's the thing i they don't teach that to kids in school anymore you know and and i always use my youngest son as an example because he's really he's doing so much better but when he first you know, without on his own, he struggled so much with being an adult, right? You know, it was so hard and he, he didn't have any money and and he wanted this and wanted that. You know, he, he kept looking at what he didn't have. And and I told him, I step up, I was like, you have a place, you know, you have a house, you have a car, you have a job, you are paying your bills and you have food. I mean, I know you want, you know, this new game that come out, but you're, you're doing all this on your own. Now you are going to have to save for that if you don't have it extra. And so he told me the, a few weeks ago that he had, 
you know, almost a thousand dollars saved in his account. And I was proud Alex of him for doing that. Yeah. And I said, I said, that is such a good thing for you because now you, you know, you don't have to feel like you're wanting something, you know, because you have this little cushion and you'll think twice about just going out and blowing it because it took you seven, eight months to save that up. And I just wish that I heard more stories about that for, you know, young adults and for even people who grew up at a disadvantage, you know, it's just been so hard just trying to take care of your family, you know, and then when we had the housing crash, you know, 2008, and then the COVID and, and now the recession, I mean, you tend to like learn how to live without things because you just don't have the money. So have you had the opportunity to talk or help people who suffer from some kind of like money trauma? Or, you know, like PTSD from how they were raised and not having money. And then now they're adults, they're struggling with that. I have not, you know, uh, there are people out there. I went to a conference and I didn't mm-hmm. get to go into the, this back in October, September, I went to a conference called FinCon. And I, they had mm-hmm. a session called Money Trauma. I did not get to go to the setting, uh, but I am mm-hmm. seeing more people like on Clubhouse and other people. Uh, I remember they was, you know, talking about, you know, money trauma, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know you, great point. You know, I can use myself an example. Um, I was r- raised a single parent and I remember for, for my, in year one, we lived in the housing projects. You know, my mom mm-hmm. was on food stamps and welfare. And so right. uh, I watched my mom, you know, uh, end up going to school, you know, when we were teenagers, mm-hmm. she ended up becoming a nurse. When she, mm-hmm. she passed at 14, but she was making almost $100,000 a year in the nursing field. And I seen her, you know, go from there. I remember my mom, I remember she got arrested for food stamp fraud. And uh, I was a kid, didn't really know, you know, the uh-huh. whole de- detail behind it. So after uh-huh. the things, I was going through documents and I remember she was trying to get her insurance license. Well, I mean, some real estate license. Now she already mm-hmm. had a nursing license, but she's trying to get real estate license because she wanted to maybe start getting real estate. So she had to write a yeah. letter explaining why she got arrested back then, you know, for full stamp fraud. And tears, tears to my eyes because I didn't know the detail. I was, you know, a kid. But when I read yeah. she, she had just got a new job. It was a 90 day probation period here. And she didn't know if she was going to make it for the whole 90 days. So she kept claiming to get the full yeah. You can't children, you know, and so well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, and so so that brought tears to my because she was doing what she needed to do, oh, uh, to take care of her children, and so right, uh, you know, my mom she didn't have money, skills, and, te- and then teach us. I'm at a point now. I'm 55. I have a 29 year old son. I have three grandchildren. So I'm at a point now that you know I know I have setbacks. I started learning. I started learning later in life. But yeah. I'm not going to stop me or make excuses or play the victim. Uh, right. I'm just going to learn what I can and share with others and hope I can share with others and leave something for my generation, you know. Uh, yeah. I leave. Well, I love that, Troy, that, you know, you're not letting how you were raised or the circumstances that, you know, you were 
you grew up in affect you and you're still gonna you know keep pushing and then help others with what you've learned and i i really like hearing when people are like you know damn the consequences you know or through how i was raised yeah it sucked and you know we had to do without but that doesn't mean i have to keep living like that you know so i really appreciate that that you mentioned that so how can we get a hold of you if someone is interested in learning more about being more responsible Hello, everybody. This is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered. It's going to be okay. And today I have Troy Holt on the line with me. And he is the CEO of Troy Holt Consulting LLC. He is a co-author of the Amazon bestsellers book. He has his own podcast. And he is a financial educator licensed in 13 different states. So, but before I bring him on, please remember, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, I would appreciate if you would go to Spotify or Apple iTunes and leave us a review there. So that just lets me know how well I'm doing. And trust me, when I get a review, it about, I get so excited about it. So um, I hope that you will um, do that for me. Also... As you can tell, my voice is a little hoarse. We've been under the weather over the holidays, but I'm okay. So without further ado, let's bring on Troy Holt. Hi, Troy. If you enjoyed my show, Motherhood Unfiltered, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And be sure to come back next week for another episode of Motherhood Unfiltered. Until then, this is Nikki, the host of Motherhood Unfiltered, and don't forget, it's going to be okay.